good. He's going to be speaking tonight. I'm anxious to hear him. Anxious to hear him. We're in our study in, uh, on faith and men of faith. and You can grab your Bibles and turn over to Exodus. We're going to read over in Hebrews, but you can turn to Exodus. I might have somebody read in Hebrews for us. Turn over to Exodus chapter 2. We're talking about Moses today. Last week I wasn't in here. I, we cooked in the back and preacher preacher taught, and he taught about Moses' parents and their faith, and today we're going to talk about Moses. This was a hard lesson because there's so much about Moses. It's just you could go so many different ways, and I've got a ton of notes that we probably will not get through, and my wife was talking to me today, and she says, how many pages you got? And I said, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. She said, well, if you'd stay right there at that pulpit, you wouldn't have that problem. I said, yeah, I know, but I can't. Just something about it. Uh, Moses is, is, to me, a tremendous study. God did with that man what he's never done with anybody else. And he, he gave him and put on him and, and blessed him and, and took him places and did things with him that, as a Christian... I look at it and say, God, just give me a small part of that. Let me be part of it. And, uh, but uh, God really blessed him, and Moses did a tremendous job, and, and God had a tremendous work for him. And if we'd all look at God's work in that way, that, that God, uh, you know, we all can't be pastors, and we all can't be evangelists, and we're all not called to foreign fields to be missionaries, but we all have a job to do. We all have a tremendous job to do. And if we'd look at it, as Moses looked at this job that God laid out before him and had that heart, what a difference we could make in this world. And, and Moses looked at it that way. And, and Moses was, at the beginning, a little bit afraid of it. But as he worked with God, and, and God worked with him, and, and he talked to God that I'd be afraid to talk to God. But it was because of his relationship that he had with the Lord and, and how close he was with God that he could talk with him that way. And uh, it's, it's just tremendous. Let's have a word of prayer. And then let me pass out some scripture. Uh, Brother Jason, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want you to read five verses there for me. We're going to end up going back to that, but I want you to start there. Hebrews 11, 24 through 29. Brother Dave, turn over to Psalms 103, verse 7. Uh, Sister Gloria... Turn to uh, First Corinthians or Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, four eighteen. Uh, Brother John, turn to First uh, Peter four twelve through fourteen. Uh, let's see, Brother uh, Bill, turn to uh, Exodus twelve twelve through thirteen. All right, let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time, Lord. We pray you be with this Sunday school lesson. We pray you be with all the teachers today, Lord. I pray that your hand would rest upon them. I pray you be in the service to follow God. I pray that souls be saved and lives would be touched. For this we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Jason, if you'll stand and read for me, Hebrews 11, 12, uh, 24 through 29.
rather to suffer affliction with the people of God and to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had perspective of the recompense of the reward. By faith he perfected it, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. As seeing him who is invisible, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he should lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians Here's a synopsis. God writes it here in, in Hebrews 11 about Moses from his birth to, to where he takes the children of Israel out. And it, it, it gives us a picture. He writes more in that verses. He gives more verses to Moses than he does to anybody else. And it's because of, of what Moses did and, and God's hand upon him. And it's amazing how God blessed and used such a man. And if we look at it, and, and, and Psalms 103, verse 7, gives us a glimpse of something that it does not say this about anybody else in the entire Bible. Read it for me, Brother Dave. He made known his ways unto Moses. Now stop and think about that statement. He took Moses... And showed him and did with him things that he's never done with anybody else. He made known his ways. God took Moses behind the scenes of glory and showed him things that he's never shown another person. Did things with him that he's never done with anybody else. Talked with him. Dwelt with him. Fellowshiped with him like he's never done anybody else. Now just think about that for a minute. To have that relationship that Moses had with God. I mean, what a tremendous, tremendous relationship. Showed him things. Took him behind the scenes. Taught him things. That's what made Moses such a, a great man. Speaks of, of Moses and, and God working together and, and, and doing things together. God had his hand on Moses from his birth. We learn that, that, all, that he had, uh, when Moses grew up, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. We understand that, that uh, by his mom and, and putting him in the, in the river and Pharaoh's daughter, that was no accident. Uh, Moses was to be raised that way. God took him, took him out and put him in Pharaoh's house, then brought his mother to come and, and tend to him and, and nurse him and take care of him and help him. And that was all the plan of God. He was the only free Hebrew in all of Egypt. He could go where he wanted. He could do what he wanted. That was all the plan of God. God raised him up and educated him and, and taught him and did things in his life that he's never done. But it was all God's plan. When she put him in that river, she never dreamed where he'd go and what would happen. She hoped, she hoped that one of the girls would fish him out. She didn't know something could have ate him. But it didn't. God's hand was on him. And God worked with him, and God took him out. And now here he is. He's a grown man. Exodus chapter 2, look at verse 11. 
chapter 2 and verse 11. And it came to pass in these days when Moses was grown, Moses was 40 years old, that he went out into his brethren and looked on the burdens that, that spared the Egypt's, and wait a minute, let's back up, looked on the burdens and spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew, one of his brethren. He looked this way and he looked that way. When he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid, his, hid him in the sand. We all know the story. We all know what happened. Here's Moses. What caused him to get mad at the Egyptian? He was raised an Egyptian. What caused him to see it and, and, and have a problem with it? What did? He knew in his heart. How do you know in his heart? He was raised by his mother. His mother raised him. His mother taught him. His mother taught him about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Taught him the covenant. Passed it down from generation to generation. She told him about the Jewish people. She told him that God was going to deliver them. She told him that they were going to be 400 years in bondage. She told him that. He knew in his own strength he decided to do something about it. That's what happens to us so many times. We try to do so much in our own strength. We, we want to make a difference. Let me make a difference. Instead of waiting upon God, seeking God, and letting God make the difference. So he kills this Egyptian. Buries him in the sand. We know the story. What happened? Next day he goes out. Well, the Hebrew says something about it. And he's going to get back to the king. What does Moses do? Moses flees. He's 40 years old. He takes off. He leaves Egypt. He doesn't stay. He runs. Where does he go to? He goes to the backside of the desert. Look at verse uh, 21 and 22 of, of that chapter of Exodus. And Moses was content. Now, let me give you a little fill in here. Moses leaves. He goes. He's sitting at a well. He's he's he's. Refreshing himself. And here comes some daughters of the priest in, who's going to water their dad's sheep. They come in to water sheep. Moses is sitting there. Some of the shepherds come in to water sheep, and they chase the girls off to water their sheep. Moses gets mad about it, helps the girls with water, waters the sheep. The girls go back to their father. They said, he said, how did you get this done so quickly? It should have taken you longer. And they said, well, there was... A man there, and he helped us. And they said, who is he? Bring him to me. So this is where Moses is. Moses goes in and, and sees the priest. And, and, and it says in verse 21, And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses, Zerpah, his daughter, and she bare him a son and called his name Gershom. For I said, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Here he is. He meets this man. He strikes up a relationship. He ends up marrying one of his daughters and they have a child. But notice that first part of that verse, it says that Moses was content. He was content. Why? Think about it. Why would he be content? Here he is, a Hebrew left his people, was raised an Egyptian, left those people, had all kinds of wealth, had everything. But here the Bible says Moses was content. Why? It had to be important, God wouldn't put it in there. Why was he content? 
ideas. Come on, talk to me. Pastor, he's a perfect will of God. He was in the perfect will of God doing exactly what God wanted him to do. He didn't understand it. He didn't question it. He didn't fight with God over it. He was there. His hand, God's hand was upon him. He was content. We're content. We're in the will of God. When we struggle and we have turmoil in our lives and, and we're all messed up and we don't understand things and we're so shook, you know what the problem is? We're not in the will of God. We're fighting God over something. We're not in his will. Look at verse 23. I ain't got over to, to Hebrews yet. Look at verse 23. And it says, And it came to pass, in the process of time, the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by the reason of their bondage and cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of their bondage. And God heard, listen, God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Here's the problem. God sees it. God knew all the time what was going on. It didn't surprise God. He knew. He said 400 years are going to be in bondage. The 400 years are up. It's time for them to leave. He's got a plan. God always has got a plan. God is always working. God never sat still. God's always moving forward. He's got a plan. Look down in verse 3, Exodus of 1 through 7. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, in the priest of Midian, and he led the, the flock to the backside of the desert, and it came, came to a mountain of God, even unto Orb. And the, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked and beheld the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. And Moses says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. That's an important verse right there. That's an important part. What if Moses wouldn't have turned aside? God waited. He put the bush on fire. He waited to see if Moses would know what's going on. How many times have we walked past that burning bush and never paid attention to it? Brother uh, Don was talking, I don't know, a couple weeks ago about Brother Bill in the bus route. And he said we were there visiting somebody in some part of the route. And, and he said we started to leave. And he said Bill spotted a child in the door of a different apartment. And he said we had to turn around and go back. And I thought his heart is those children. He saw the bush. He realized a soul. How many times do we walk past that bush and we never see it? You know what I thought of? I drove on out of the apartment buildings. I'd have never noticed the child. But his heart was there. He saw the bush. That's what Moses did. Moses saw the bush. God waited to see if he'd see the bush. God wanted him to notice the bush. And he turned aside and saw the great sight, why the bush is not burnt. We'd have walked on by it and said, hmm, what about that? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him, called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. 
And he said, draw nigh. He said, draw not nigh hither. Put, put, put off thy shoes, off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And God said, I have seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow, and I am come down. He's coming to deliver them. He speaks to Moses. He lays it out. He lays it all out before Moses. He's going to do something. He's going to do something great. Look over at Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord of Israel. Here's a job. He's going to be called to go do something. God says, Moses, I want you to deliver my people. They've been in bondage 400 years. Moses looks at it and he recalls all that his mother had taught him. All that he had heard. And I'm sure in his heart he thought, who am I? To do this great job. Who am I? We look out and we open our front doors and we look out the streets. And God says, I got a job for you to do. I want you to go spread the gospel to your neighbors. We say, who am I? God says, you're called. I got a job. He calls the Shields to go to, to, to Mexico. Brother Shields says, who am I? God says, I've called you. I'll go with you. We'll see great things happen if you lean upon me. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. There are seven places in here that God talks about Moses' faith. The first one is faith refused. We could take, I could take these Moses and we could spend weeks in talking about him and, and what God did and how God worked in his life. And we're trying to focus in on one, one aspect of this, and that's his faith. And in verse 23 of, of chapter 11, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. And they were not, and they were not, afraid, of, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. This is verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, he had refused some things. By faith, he had to take a stand. He had all the money. He had all the power. He had all the might that there was. If he would have been called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. If he would have done it. But it says here, by faith, he refused it. He turned down what the world had for something better. We look at it and we say, if I just had money, if I just had houses, if I just had this, or if I had that, or if I had more power, if I could do this, if I could do that, those things aren't in. Moses had all that. And he refused it. Well, yeah, because he had it. That's the reason why. 
No. He knew things weren't right. He knew what his mother told him. He knew what was going to happen. He saw his people. He knew that God was going to move. And he refused. Faith faith in God to refuse to look upon the things of this world and all the temporal things there is. Read for me 2 Corinthians uh, 4.18, please. Things, and we talked about this over and over again, things that are invisible, things that we can't touch with our hands, but how important they are spiritually in our faith. I can't touch Jesus. I can't touch God. I can't touch heaven. You know what? I can't even touch my salvation, but I see it and I know it. The closest thing I can get to touching any of it is this book. This is close as I can get to it. We say, well, if Christ was here, I'd hug his neck. You don't read this book. Well, if God would only, I'd do this. We don't read this book. We don't study this book. This is as close as you're going to get. This side of heaven of touching. God. Moses refused. Faith refuses some things. Faith doesn't give in to this world and its pleasures. Faith stands and stands for what's right. Faith chooses. Look at verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Faith demonstrates not only That we refuse, but also we choose. Moses chose. There's pleasure in sin for a season, for a moment. It's pleasant. We like it. People always say, I fell into sin. I don't buy that. Nobody falls into sin. I choose to go that way. I make a choice. As I sit at my computer on the internet, I make a choice on what buttons I push to go where. As I go out into this world and look at things, I make a choice whether I look at it or I don't look at it. I make a choice of what I say, where I go, how I dress, what I listen to, all those things, I make the choice. Moses chose not to. What made Moses so great? The faith of choosing. How great is your faith? Do you choose it? Moses said, I choose it. I want it. I choose to be different. I choose to make a difference. I choose to do. I choose. By faith, Moses chose. He'd rather suffer the affliction than be identified with the world. Do we? Well, Brother Chuck, it doesn't matter that much how I dress. Yes, it does. Brother Chuck, it doesn't matter that much I listen to what I listen to. Yes, it does. It doesn't matter whether I go to the show or I don't. Yes, it does. It doesn't matter if I watch videos or I don't. Yes, it does. It doesn't matter what I watch on TV. Yes, it does. We make a choice. We sit in front of that television set and we make a choice every time we turn it on, 
what's on it, what comes into my house, what I see, what I bring in, what my family watches, what my wife watches. I make a choice. You make the choice. Moses said, I choose. By faith, I choose not to. I refuse to do it. By faith, he esteems. Look at verse 26. Esteeming the approach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. What God could do is greater than what he could get out of Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He looked, he esteemed to be tied to God, to be set apart, to be, to be set apart to, as Christ. I esteem it. I want it. I desire it. We don't want it today. Read for me 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14, please. To be set apart, to be used of God, to esteem Christ more than anything else. To be identified as a Christian more than anything else. That's what Moses said. I got a, a sentence set down here and it says, Faith brought eternity near to Moses. Now listen to that. Faith brought eternity Near to Moses. Does it bring it near to you? Eternity, where God is, and we're going to spend it as his child. Does it bring it near to you? It brought it near to Moses. He said, I'll give it all up for that. Faith forsakes. Look at verse 27. For faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for endured as seeing him who is invisible. He said, I'm not afraid of the king. I'm not afraid of what he can do. I'm not afraid of what's going to happen to me. I'm not afraid of him. Moses had to do a lot. Moses went back and he walked into the king. He went and saw the elders of Israel. and said, I'm leading you out. The great I am. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Sent me. And then he goes to Pharaoh and he says, God said that I'm going to lead these people out and he wants you to let them go. Pharaoh said, you're nuts. I don't know this God. I don't know nothing you're talking about. And if the people of Israel's got so much time, the Hebrew people got so much time, I'm going to take the straw away from them. They can build bricks without straw. Moses just set things on fire. But he said, I'm more worried. King could have killed him. King could have cut his head right off. But Moses knew he couldn't. He couldn't touch him. Because he was God's man to do God's job. They go to Mexico. There's nothing can happen to them down there that God does not allow. Nothing. Don Rogers is down there in the Carolinas now. Stroke. Been in Mexico for 30-some years. Love him. That stroke didn't surprise him. That stroke didn't surprise God. He wanted him out of there. 
And Elaine wrote us a letter and says, I know why God, I, I know some of the things, not all of it, but I know a certain part, why God brought us here. She says, God's opened the door for me to minister to these people in this nursing home that I can see souls saved because of my husband's affliction. Wow. Your husband is, can't feed himself, can't take care of himself, can't do anything. And she says, I'm here because these people need me. Wow. Moses said, I forsake it. I forsook it. He stood. Then faith endures. Faith endures. Look at verse, uh, I don't have a verse for it, it just, it just goes along with what we're talking about. He stood the test. He stayed the course. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. Even when things got hard, Moses kept his eyes upon the Lord. Seeing him who was, who was invisible, verse 27 says, the plagues came, the things happened, things got tough. It had been easy for him to say, I quit. I've had it. Take our pastor. He preaches. He preaches. We're in a building program. Monies don't come in like we thought they should, like we prayed they would. We don't see the church grow like we prayed we would. We don't see a lot of things. You know what? It'd be easy for him to say, I quit. I know a lot of preachers that have gotten a lot of trouble in their churches and walked away from it financially because they said it's too much for me to take. I can't take it anymore. I don't want the problems. I don't want the situations. I don't want it. Here's Moses. He goes in. Every plague, every situation, he goes into Pharaoh. Things got hot. It got hot on Pharaoh's side, but it got hot on the Hebrew side. They didn't like him either. He had no place to go. They were all mad at him. They didn't understand it. They didn't want to understand it. But he didn't quit. It endures. Faith endures. Then faith keeps. Look at verse 28. Through faith, he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that... Wait a minute, let's back up. Through faith, he kept the Passover. He kept the Passover. God said, this is what's going to happen. This is what I want you to do, Moses. He said, I'm going to send a death angel down. And he says, I want you to kill the lamb, and I want you to put it over the doors. They've never done anything like this before. Children of Israel has never done anything like this before. Never. And he said, I want you to put it on the doorpost and put it over. And he said, this is what I want you. I want you to eat this and I want you to do everything a certain way. You read the text over in Exodus. Who's wailing and crying? The night of the death angel. The Egyptians. Why? They didn't do it. They lost their children. They lost them. It wasn't the Hebrews. Why? Because Moses kept it. Some things we've got to keep. God says, I want you to keep my word. I want you to keep my promises. I want you to keep yourself clean. I want you to keep yourself pure. I want you to walk this way. I want you to be godly. Some things we've got to keep. Moses kept it. Moses endured it. Moses walked that way. And then... Faith passes. Look at verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. Here they are. 
They leave Egypt. Pharaoh says, get out. They leave. Do they leave poor and their heads hung down? No, 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 no. They leave with the wealth of Egypt. They leave with tremendous wealth. And they leave and they're pretty happy over it. They think, okay, we won the victory. We're gone. We're going to the promised land. And it's the way it happened. They left. They get out. The Red Sea in front of them. The Egyptians behind them. Two great walls on both sides of them. What do they do? What do they do? They stand there. I wrote this down. As we follow the Lord, we are going to come to our Red Sea. We're going to face the impossible. We look at the sea. We hear the hoofs of the Egyptians' horses. We see the dust of the chariots. We hear the war cry of the Egyptians. What are we going to do? There is no way out but by faith. Exodus 14, 13 says, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He said, stand there. I'll meet you. I'll show you. I'll deliver you. I'll do whatever it takes to get you out. That's what he tells us. As his children. This faith that Moses had is the same faith that we're supposed to have. Exactly. We're to live this way. God will never, ever, ever be late. Never. God is always on time perfectly. Perfect. God's never late. Oh, we'll look at him. We'll say, well, you should have been here yesterday. If you were here, what did Martha and Mary say? If you were here, you'd have never died. No, no. Jesus was right on time. He was right where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. He wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead. He was right on time. When he said at the well and a woman came, he was right on time. He wasn't late. It was perfect. When he healed the leopards, it was perfect. When he raised the dead, it was perfect. When he died on the cross, it was perfect. When he arose the third day, it was perfect. When he ascended into heaven, it was perfect. And you know what? When he comes after us, it'll be perfect. Right on time. Right on time. They passed through the Red Sea. We'll pass through all this. We'll go through it by faith. Moses had tremendous faith, but he didn't have it overnight. It didn't happen overnight. It took 40 years of being raised in Pharaohs. It took 40 years on the backside of the desert. And then it took all these years walking with God and for Psalms, to come and say that I took him behind the scenes and I showed him all that's going to go on. Man, don't you wish God would do that for you? Take you in behind the curtain. Talk with you. Fellowship with you. Lay some things on your heart. Give you a vision of what he wants for this church and your life and your family. Let you see some things that no one else sees. And when you talk about them, people say, oh, you're nuts. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. God can move through faith. And he will. Where are we going to be when he does? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this book.